Oh shit! And they stay Angry Ape, we did it! Win! 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 <laughs> what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Monday morning. This is the Angry Ape, and it's your boy Tommy Gun Tony. And we broke the streak! We broke the losing streak! Put us in the winner's column! We fucking did it! Listen, guys, we had to uh, we had to dust the cobwebs off, you know. And I, I got a great story about this weekend to tell you guys. Um, it's it, it was fucking awesome watching these fights Saturday night with my brother Nick while he was in town. And uh, it's it's I wasn't taking anything other than a hit as acceptable. The results had to be in my favor this weekend, no matter what. No matter what. Our first parlay, bust. But the second one made it back, baby! We hedged, and then some! Listen, sometimes you gotta push the limits. You gotta walk out there and say, Hey, my dick's swinging today. I ain't giving up. Not today, Sonny. We needed this, guys. We needed this bad. Um, this is episode 10 of The Angry Ape. We had nine episodes before this with losing bets. God, it, this was week five. And I, I, I had this like gut feeling that if it didn't happen this weekend, it wasn't meant to be. And at first, it didn't seem like it was going to. Um... But you know what? We persevered. We absolutely persevered. We came out the other side of this on top. You know what? We didn't take no for an answer. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think my palms have ever sweat more in a weekend over such small bets. I mean, we weren't betting huge this weekend by any means whatsoever. But uh, the bets that we did make, it was just more of the, the, the pride factor. You know, like I needed this. I needed to get a good win under the belt. All right? I was losing hope. You know? I was... It, it felt like the universe was telling me, no, this isn't what you should be doing. You're wasting your time. And then I took a big black dildo and shoved it up the universe's ass and said, fuck you. This is Brucey's time to shine. Tommy Guntoni is here, and the picks are lethal. But in all serious guys, I mean, I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. It feels so good to get a win off. Um, I can't wait to explain in detail uh, the thought process behind these picks this weekend. Um, it it really was uh, some spur of the moment decisions, um, and uh, I'm I'm very happy with the outcome. You know, very happy with the outcome. We went in the other direction. Finally, we made money. We're trying to crawl out of this. Uh, tiny little hole that we crawled into over five weeks, but now you know what? Week five, we're, we're crawling back out. We're moving back up the ladder instead of sliding down the mudslide. You know, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're digging upwards. We're finding, we're Uma Thurman crawling out of the grave and Kill Bill Volume 2 gasping for air. And uh, you know what? We see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and now we push hard. We push hard, we keep going and uh, we, we get it back. We get it all back. Because we're already moving in that direction. Now we just got to keep this train running. All right. Okay. So before we get into the details of the weekend's recap, uh, we're going to go through the list of uh, our, our MMA news for the week. Um, go ahead and starting with uh, Song Yadong, Khalil Roundtree, uh, and um, are among the four of the UFC Vegas 50 bonus winners. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to wait to talk about this one until we get to the recap because then that'll tie in nicely. Um, it uh, this this is definitely something we want to touch on because these guys deserve these um, these bonuses this weekend. Oh my God, what a great showing! What a great showing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Tom Aspinall, who is fighting this weekend, I believe against Alexander Volkov. Um, 
said in a article this week that, uh, I'm sorry, in an article three minutes ago, that Nganu should avoid boxing fury. Quotation marks, just don't do it. Uh, Aspinall has trained with the Fury family throughout his career and even sparred with the Gypsy King in the lead up to Fury's historic win over Vladimir Klitschko. The UFC heavyweight has drawn up comparisons to the two-time world heavyweight boxing champion due to his lightning-fast hand speed. Naganu came out following his successful title events at UFC 270, saying that he wants to face Fury in a boxing fight. With some uncertainty laying around his future within the UFC, the heavyweight clash in boxing could definitely be on the cards for the Predator. Um, listen, uh, this is crazy. I, I think that Francis is just frustrated with the dealings with the UFC and he's looking for a big payday. Um, Rogan said it best a few episodes ago on JRE that uh, he wants Nagano to take this fight, so he does get that big payday. Maybe Francis takes this fight with... Um, Tyson Fury, this boxing match, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can I can pick out who's going to win on this. I mean, Fury's an animal uh, for for the way he looks. I mean, the guy in no way is in any kind of shape like Francis Ngannou is, but I think the power on both sides is pretty uh, solid. Um, Francis Ngannou probably has more power, I would think, than Tyson Fury as far as uh, punching, punching and stopping power. Um, but Fury is just such a well-rounded boxer, and it's so hard to hit him, and his footwork is great, and I just don't see a... Uh, I just think the two styles of fighting are very different. It would be an interesting fight for sure to, to, to watch, but I think the main reason why you want to see this boxing fight happen is so that Francis gets that big payday and then isn't so picky about his UFC contracts moving forward because he's got all that nice money in the bank, and he'll... Uh, He'll be more lenient with these contract negotiations. Or the exact opposite happens. He gets a fat-ass payday from the Fury boxing fight, and now he wants top-tier, top one, two, and three uh, money from the UFC. And I don't think Francis, besides the fact that he is probably the scariest man on the planet, um, he is not putting asses in seats, I think, the way uh, other top-tier fighters on the roster are. Um I, I'd be willing to bet Jorge Masvidal. You put Jorge Masvidal up against Conor McGregor, right? And that's going to sell out way more pay-per-view tickets than a Francis Ngannou title defense, say, tied to Uvasa, you know, which would be still be an amazing fight, and I'd absolutely love to watch it. But it's just, I don't know. Maybe Dana wants Francis to figure out a niche. Uh, it's The one thing about Francis is, like, you rely on his his knockouts and his actual fighting to like really sell tickets. Cause he's a guy is an amazing fighter. His knockouts are unbelievable. Um, he, when he wins, he, he fucking wins and he deserves those wins. But outside of the octagon, he's not as charismatic as, uh, some of these other, some of these other big name fighters on the UFC roster. So that's something to, to think that maybe, Francis needs to work on that side of his career a little bit more in order to help him secure that big, big contract with the UFC. But like I said, if he gets this boxing contract, maybe it goes that way where he's not as, uh, he's not as, as nitpicky with his manager as far as the negotiations, or maybe it gets worse. I really don't know. Um, Aspinall says, just don't do it. Don't do it, man. I think a lot of people like MMA fighters, uh, and they think they can box. They can box well for MMA, but when you're fighting actual boxers, they need to seriously do some hard sparring with world-level boxers. Um, then they'll be like, oh, actually, I need some serious work here. Uh, the Englishman, I guess who's a fellow Englishman of, uh, of Tyson Fury, went on to draw comparisons between the other contact sports that involve similar fundamentals but are completely different in their own right. It's like American football and rugby. They're all contact sports. They both involve a ball where you're running at each other, but they're completely different. They're so much different, like there's a lot of aspects that are the same. But them boxers, mate, they can really punch. They can seriously, seriously punch that Aspinall. Um, yeah, this guy's sound, the way he's, his quote sounds, it sounds like he's taking a lot of shots to the head. Um, we're going to get into that fight prediction this weekend with, with, uh, with Aspinall. I think Volkov got 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 ha, easily has it this weekend, but we'll talk about that later. I'm not a big Aspinall fan. Um, 
yeah, so Aspinall saying Francis Ngannou, you don't want the smoke with Tyson Fury. I think it'd be a great fight. I think it'd be uh, interesting to see how Francis trains for this fight. And like I said before, it'd be just, I mean, super beneficial in my opinion, hopefully beneficial for Francis to get that big payday so that he can come back to UFC and uh, not have to deal with some of the shit he's been dealing with. All right, this is probably my favorite news of the weekend. Uh, Greg Hardy has been released from the UFC. Let's give a freaking clap to Greg Hardy for being an absolute piece of shit. Um, listen, dude, I didn't really like the guy before last weekend. Um, I hit that. My, my night felt so good when I first got that first part of the parlay when Greg Hardy got knocked out. Uh, by Sergey, um, it really felt like my night was heading in the right direction after that. We all know the outcome of that one, but um, that same day, I found out about Tom Hardy's. Ah, uh, Tom Hardy. Oh God, Tom Hardy's a saint. Uh, Greg Hardy's uh, past with the NFL and why he was let go and uh, all that shit going on in the background in his personal life, where he was just, just apparently is a real piece of shit. Doesn't like to hit people or doesn't like to. Uh, he, he apparently likes to hit women a lot better than he likes to hit men because the dude uh, couldn't really do much uh, his past few outings. Um, so it appears UFC heavyweight Greg Hardy's time with the promotion is coming to a close based on a recent social media post. Um, what a run. Your boy is far from done. Just got some fine-tuning to do. Thank you. To all my fans and haters, I appreciate you all. Mostly, I appreciate my coaches, family, and the UFC for giving me the opportunity to shine bright. Uh, that sounds like a retirement post uh, as far as Instagram. Um, listen, Sayonara and good riddance, bro. You got a 7-5 and five record, and I'm pretty sure you've lost the past four fights you've taken. Um, I know you had a nice little run on the Contender Series, but this this isn't for you, dude. This isn't for you. You need to go back and figure out what's next. Because, uh, uh, I mean, I love to... Uh, we, we're sad to see him go at the end it because, you know, we love betting against Greg Hardy. It's uh, it's almost like guaranteed money, putting putting a bet that either Greg Hardy's going to get knocked out or he's going to lose. So, in that sense, we are sad that he's gone because we can't bet against him anymore. But other than that, sayonara, loser. Uh, you suck. Get the fuck out of here. You're not wanted anymore. Uh Dana said, you've served your purpose as a building block for these guys to just get a nice knockout highlight on their reel. And uh, we will not miss you one bit, you piece of shit woman beater. Uh, deuces, Greg Hardy. All right, moving along. Alex Pereira wants big step up in form of Jared Cannonier. Quoted saying, why not? Um, listen, we're going to get into his recap of his fight uh, in a minute when we go through the fights. Uh, this guy, man, I mean, I can't say enough about Alex Pereira. Uh, he left it all out in the ring this past Saturday night. And, um, we obviously hit part of our parlay with Alex and we're super thankful that he won his fight. Um, I am just coming on to this Alex Pereira train in the past couple weeks. Um, the guy's relatively new in the UFC. He, this is his second fight was this past weekend. He had his UFC debut, um, with a nasty, nasty, uh, flying knee knockout. And, uh, I remember placing this bet on him this weekend saying like this guy, just, I got a feeling with this guy that he's on his come up and he's going to be nasty. And, uh, Rogan in a highlight of the last time he fought said, this guy's bones are made of mahogany. And that just like shook with me, you know, like this guy can fucking, apparently he makes ridiculous contact and it's like, you're getting hit by a train. So, um, he apparently after his win this weekend uh, is is looking for that next big fight. Alex Pereira hasn't entered the top 15 yet in the middleweight rankings, but he has his eyes on top contender Jared Cannonier. Pereira outlasted a tough Bruno Silva to kick off the main card of UFC 50 Vegas. Uh, despite having Silva badly hurt in the third round, Pereira wasn't able to secure the finish, unfortunately, but would settle for a unanimous decision victory. Uh, Pereira is now 2-0 in the UFC after a decorated career in glory kickboxing. He also has a 5-1 record in MMA and seems focused on the title contention in the UFC. 
Uh, Pereira has discussed a potential third fight with Israel Adesanya in the UFC after beating him twice in kickboxing. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, I guess Izzy used to do professional kickboxing and lost to Pereira twice. So, like, Pereira knows how to beat Izzy in kickboxing. I think that'd be a great fight to watch. I think their styles are very similar to the way they like to stand up and throw kicks and punches. Um, I think that'd be an awesome, awesome fight is to watch Pereira and Adesanya fight. Uh, however, Pereira thinks he's ready to fight Kananye. Um after watching Cannon Ye knock out Derek Brunson at 271. That's a scarier fight for me, for Pereira, I think. Because uh, Cannon Ye has uh, the raw power, the raw scary power, where Adesanya is a very technical striker, and he's got that ridiculous accuracy. And that's how I think Pereira is. Um, but on Pereira is like a crazy mixture of Adesanya and Cannon Ye. He's got that raw power, bone-chilling um, um, contact you know, where that, where you, like, just like Rogan said, it feels like he's hitting you with a piece of two by four, a mahogany two by four, when he makes connection. But he's also accurate, like Adesanya. So I think either fight would be really, really interesting. Um, I think that's kind of a jump from where he was just at with Bruno Silva. Um, I mean, he, the guy's definitely a, a force to be reckoned with in this division, but you're only five and one, dude. I don't know if, if you get those. I don't know if you get either of those fights next. Um, during his UFC Vegas 50 post-fight press conference, Pereira explained his reasoning behind calling out Kananye so early in his UFC career. He said, I had talked about Jared because he's the guy that is next for a title shot. Some people have already talked to me about Adesanya, so why not Kananye? I don't think I'm talking too much about, too much calling out Kananye. Um, I had two great fights and I was able to showcase my skills. I didn't even show everything that I go through on a daily basis training with Glover Teixeira's gym. I'm improving and evolving every day. Uh, where I am in the division, I don't know. I'll let the promoters talk and they'll know where to properly put me in. Um, so not even ranked yet in top 15 and he's calling out Cannon yet, who's the next up for a title shot. Absolutely crazy to me. Um, We'll have to see what happens. You know, we'll have to see where this goes from here. I definitely think this guy is a force to be reckoned with in this division. And uh, um, I would definitely be interested to ha have him fight um, Kananye Adesanya. I think a fight with Robert Whitaker would be interesting. Uh, we haven't really seen someone with wrestling skills go up against Pereira yet. And uh, I'd like to see how he does on the ground, getting taken down to the ground. Um so we'll, uh, we'll have to see where this goes from here with, with uh, Alex Pereira. But definitely, definitely interesting um, future for this guy. And like I said, we'll talk a little bit, a little bit more about that fight later. Um, all right, we got Jake Paul proposes deal to Dana White for UFC fight against Conor McGregor. Uh, I mean, this stuff's kind of getting old to me. I mean, I think this kid fizzles out of being relevant and, 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 and like that weird void between relevant and irrelevant. Um, Jake Paul has laid out a proposal for Dana White to book him in a UFC fight against Conor McGregor with game-changing stakes. Dana White has held true to his word, just as he vowed two months ago. Uh, White has not mentioned Jake Paul in any meaningful way since their latest exchange. Um, a few months ago, when they were going back and forth on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was, uh, Dana said he's done. He's like, this kid's been living rent-free in my head for too long. I'm done. I'm putting it out. And Dana hasn't responded with each of the, with anything yet. Um, I think this new proposal from Paul is ridiculous. Um, Dana said they were going back and forth about Dana's cocaine use and if uh, Jake Paul is on steroids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jake Paul at the new year says, here's a real challenge for you. Uh, I will immediately retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC if you agree to the following. Um, it's basically like Medicare and fight, uh, raising fight pay and Medicare or healthcare for fighters. Um, Dana doesn't think about this deal. He's like, no, not even doing anything. Jake Paul on Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday at 11.42 a.m. says, Dana, since you like me now, how about a one, a one fight UFC deal to fight Connor? If I win, you agree to my UFC fighter pay and healthcare proposal. If I lose, I donate my entire fighter purse 
to all UFC fighters who make less than 50k a fight and never mention UFC again. Deal? Um, this is fucking... I don't know. When he said, Dana, since you like me now, I think that's in, re in reference to Dana doing an interview and saying something about, saying something along the lines of, he doesn't fault Jake Paul for the way he makes his money. I mean, the kid does market himself very well, creates controversy. That's how you generate money for yourself. Um, but as far as this offer that, he, that Jake sent to Dana on Twitter on uh, Saturday, I don't think Dana even recognizes it. That's stupid. Connor doesn't want that fight. Um, I, I, I mean, if at this point people want to see Jake Paul get knocked out and it just hasn't happened yet. And I don't think Connor wants to be in a position where something happens and he gets bested. And I'm not saying that would happen, but I'm saying hypothetically, uh, that doesn't look good for Dana. That doesn't look good for the UFC. That doesn't look good for Conor McGregor. That's bad for brands. So I don't see this fight happening at all. And I just think Jake Paul needs to leave the fuck alone and let it go. Um, Eagle FC 46 results and highlights. Kevin Lee tops Diego Sanchez. Um, Kevin Lee, ex UFC fighter, apparently came out with a with a big uh, win this weekend. Um, apparently, uh, Sanchez almost finished Kevin Lee in the first round. Um, This is uh, I'm looking at these highlights while I'm on while I'm uh, doing this with you guys. I'm trying to find. Here we go. Motown Phenom drops Diego Sanchez late in the third round. Let's watch this while I got you guys here. Um, so, ooh, that was nice. That was nice. Let's watch that again. Um. Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom, uh, is fighting Diego Sanchez in, I believe this is Khabib's uh, fighting league, Eagle FC. Um, this is fight 46, and it is the third round, and we got how much time on the clock? One minute and ten seconds left on the clock till the end of the third. Kevin Lee throws a left hook. Makes connection with Sanchez's chin and then gets on top with the ground and pound. And uh, it looks like he is just going to... Oh, man. Yeah, he's putting some heavy pressure on him right now. And uh, that was... Uh, that's probably how he got that win, you know? It's a, Yeah, he wins by decision. Definitely wins by decision. That 30-27 to 27 unanimous decision for Kevin Lee. Uh, congratulations, dude. I'm glad you're finding some success outside of the UFC. Um, I hadn't watched that highlight until just now. Sorry if that was a little awkward with me just watching it and kind of giving you my commentary. I was just trying to watch the re the highlight over and over again. But yeah, Kevin Lee, man, he's a he's a beast. He he's got some he's got some crazy power. That left hook he just threw on Diego Sanchez hit him right on the chin and put him in a position to get on top and get those late third round points in order to secure that victory. Um, I haven't really watched any Eagle FC. I definitely need to check this out. Um, I'm not quite sure where you even watch Eagle FC. I'm going to have to just do some research on that. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interested in watching and watching a future of a future Eagle FC match. Cause, uh, Khabib knows what he's doing, right? Definitely knows what he's doing. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the, uh, the fight recap. All right, so we had UFC Vegas 50. Um, what a weekend it was. I mean, uh, so original fight parlay we had for you guys this weekend was, that I recorded was uh, Moutinho, Miranda Maverick, Alex Pereira, and uh, Ankalev, right? Um, all favorited, right? So we start off the night. Um, with the Azamat. So just keep that parlay in your head, right? Keep that parlay in your head as of right now before we go through this. Um, we start off the night with Azamat Merskanov versus Tafan uh, Nechukwi, right? Um, Nechukwi seemed 
to be putting the pressure on Azamat most this fight, right? I mean, it was pretty much Nachukwi putting pressure on uh, Azamat most of the fight. Kind of had that main ring control, uh, was dominating on the on the uh, the up game, you know, and it really seemed like going into this third round, I believe, yeah, third round flying knee, um, that Azmat was losing this fight to uh, Natukwi. Just he looked tired and gassed. His cardio wasn't look didn't look like it where it was where it needed to be. And uh, I thought this fight was going to go to a decision and Natukwi was going to win. Uh, little did I know that uh, with just about I'm sorry. About 40 seconds into the third round, um, Azmat throws a flying knee and gets that knockout in a beautiful, substantial way. Boom! I mean, walk-off knockout, stood over the guy waiting to hit the ground and pound, and we got Herb Dean pulling him off. Just, It's an instantaneous, beautiful, beautiful knockout. Um, Azmat's going to get a fight of the night bonus for this. Uh, 150%. I mean, oh, it's so nice. Just grabs the shoulders of Nachukwi, pulls him into the bottom right quadrant of his torso, and brings his knee right up into the chin. I mean, beautiful, beautiful knockout. Uh, definitely deserving of a, a fight of the night bonus for sure. Um, he was definitely down on the cards after those first two rounds. So that he needed that knockout in the third round to get forward. So great fight. Um, Next fight of the night was Guido Sinetti versus uh, Chris Matinho. Uh, this was our first fight on the parlay. And, uh, I mean, guys, what can I... What can I say other than I called this one wrong, you know? I mean, I didn't think that Chris Matinho was going to come out looking this bad in this fight. Um... Based on his performance from the O'Malley fight, where he literally was coming at O'Malley like a fucking zombie. You know, he was just getting tagged, 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 tagged. O'Malley broke his hands on this kid's jaw, hitting him so many times. Uh, both of them got, I believe, a fight of the night bonus for that, because it was such an amazing fight watching this kid just have the most amazing durability um, as far as getting hit in the head and being able to just keep going and keep throwing stuff. Uh, it, was, it was quite crazy. So I think going into this fight... Um, Kennedy, who's like one of the oldest fighters on the UFC roster, I'm pretty sure he's like 41 or 42, um, is fighting a young Moutinho who's got a hell of a jaw, who went toe-to-toe with Sean O'Malley for five, for three rounds, you know? This was, uh, in my opinion, like, yeah, Moutinho's gonna, gonna piece this guy up, probably win by decision, right? Oh, was I fucking wrong. Was I wrong, and this started my night very horribly, um... Moutinho, uh, Kennedy made quick work of Moutinho in this Bantamweight bout, much like he did in his previous uh, outing against Sean O'Malley. Moutinho took heavy damage, but this time the ref stepped in to call off the fight, just two minutes into round one, declaring a TKO, a standing TKO victory for Kennedy. Um, I mean, you gotta be getting the shit kicked out of you for you not even have to get knocked out. You're just getting hit enough in the face while you're still managing to stay on your feet. And the ref is saying, you're taking too much damage. This fight's fucking over, you know? And that's what happened to Moutinho. And instantly shits my fucking parlay, my four-part parlay. And I felt so confident about the other three. And it just really upset me because, like, I kind of had some faith in this kid to, uh, to perform a little bit. I mean, just anything better than what he did when he first came out. Um, oddly reminiscent of my Blood Diamond uh, part of my parlay where, like, it just instantly sets my night in a bad mood and now I'm trying to find a way to either just say fuck it and, and, and accept the loss or not accept defeat and figure out a way to come back from this. And that's what ended up happening. So um, the original parlay was Moutinho, Maverick, Pereira, and Ankalev. And 25 to win, I believe, 75? Um, which would have been dope, right? Nice... 125, 150% profit markup. Um, we shit the bet on that with the Moutinho and say, you know what? I'm so confident with the rest of this parlay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit Maverick, Pereira, and Ankalev, right? 
I'm going to get my money back that I just lost. You know, this is the thought process. You guys are here. This is the inner uh, inner workings in the head of Tommy Gotoni you're hearing right now. Um, the wheels were turning, the degenerate gears shifting around. How do I make this back? How do I uh, uh, cover? How do I hedge? How do I put a little money in my pocket so I'm not going down for the fifth week in a row? So I make a gamble and... Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't smart by any means, but luckily we ended up paying out, which and, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I take sixty dollars to win seventy five, right? Um, on Miranda Maverick, Pereira, and Ankalev. So uh, we're back in it. If we lose this parlay, we're down eighty five for the night, and my night gets absolutely horrible. Um, my brother who came into town from Fort Lauderdale, his night becomes horrible because my night is horrible. Um, so we we're really, both of us are really praying that the rest of this parlay hits and, uh, uh, we're able to salvage this night. So moving along to Cody Brundage versus Dolce, uh, Lungambula, uh, Cody Brundage pulled off an impressive come from behind win in a middleweight bout with Dolce Lungambula after sustaining heavy damage throughout round one. Uh, Brundage locked in a guillotine choke to force a tap from uh, Lunkambula, ending the fight in just under four minutes. Um, I mean, guys, this fight, I, I was shocked. Shocked what I was seeing. I mean, uh, Lunkambula came out guns blazing, putting heavy, heavy damage on uh, Cody Brundage. I mean... The, 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 the first round was rough. Was rough. I mean, this kid was was sustaining heavy, heavy damage in the first round. This is within the first uh, three minutes of the fight. We're worried that Brundage is getting knocked out. I mean, I'm watching this kid take shots. It's not looking great. He's getting his ass kicked. Um, he puts uh, some nice shots on uh, Dolce and... Dolce decides to go for this crazy takedown with a minute and 30 seconds left on the, uh, a minute and 30 seconds left in the round. And what a beautiful textbook guillotine choke that Brundage is able to pull off. I mean, just as he's falling back and Brundage goes for the takedown, he gets his legs in that triangle around the waist and just head in the armpit, pressure on the neck and squeeze, man. And I mean... You're forced to tap. You're forced to tap, and Brundage gets a nice uh, guillotine choke and also receives a performance bonus. Um, so good for you, Brundage. That was dope. Um, coming up next, we got the, the first uh, bout on our parlay, on the second parlay. This is Miranda Maverick versus Sabina Mazo. Um, this woman's flyweight bout, Miranda Maverick forced Sabina uh, to tap in round two after sinking a rear naked choke. I mean, this fight, to me, didn't have much, uh, anything. I didn't see another outcome happening. If you want me to be honest, uh, Miranda Maverick came out on a different energy, uh, than this Mazo girl. Mazo is very tall and lanky and, uh, Miranda is a brawler. You know, she's, she's getting in you, she's getting in tight and this girl just couldn't seem to get any separation from Miranda. Miranda had some great takedowns, um, and, uh, Basically, just put it on this girl to the point where she got real tired. And one of the last takedowns of the fight, she's able to secure the back and get that rear naked choke submission. Um, I love watching this girl fight. She's got great heart. Uh, Miranda Maverick, she's slowly working her way up into my top my top five female fighters. Um, and this brought me back. You know, this gave me that hope. All right, we hit the first leg of the parlay. Two more. One down, two to go. You know, um, moving along. We have uh, Damon Jackson uh, versus Kamula Kirk. Um, Damon Jackson won this fight, took Kamula Kirk in his featherweight bout, and dominated in, in round one, and continued doing so in round two before ending the fight with an arm triangle, which is 18 seconds left in uh, round three. Um, I'm sorry, with just 18 seconds left in round two. Just just sheer domination the whole fight. Um this uh, this takedown to arm triangle, I mean, just absolutely textbook. There was no other way to put it. I mean, this guy uh, was in the right position at the right time, knew his, knew his body positioning, 
was able to maintain positioning and wear him down to get the submission. I mean, Damon Jackson is just a, he's a scary guy, man. Crazy back tattoo, by the way, also. Just two black lines going right down the center of his spine. Uh, it's a bit intimidating in itself. Um, not quite sure uh, about this Kirk guy, where he moves forward from here, but Damon Jackson, definitely someone to watch. Um, I love a good arm triangle. It's it's one of my favorite submissions. Um, all right, moving along, we got uh, main card. Uh, Alex Pereira defeats Bruno Silva. Um, listen, guys, we were talking about this earlier. This was a barn burner. Uh, they went all three rounds, and there were times where uh, Silva was making great contact with Pereira and kind of made me nervous where you would see Pereira stumble a little bit or his knees would get a little weak. But Silva um, put pressure on this guy the entire time. Um, the main card opener saw a much-awaited middleweight matchup between former K1 kickboxer Alex Pereira and his fellow Brazilian Bruno Silva. Brazilian on Brazilian action. Don't bet against the Brazilians. This is that weird uh, conundrum paradox that we've had before. You bet on one Brazilian, you're betting against the other. Uh, either way you win, either way you lose, you know? So it was it was great. Um, luckily, this week we won. Pereira, uh, after being taken down briefly, Pereira ended round one unloading on Silva. and round two, Silva continued to hold his own on the feet against Pereira with both men having success. And then round three saw Pereira rock Silva multiple times, uh, defend another takedown, and wrap up a dominant victory. Um, I think he wins by unanimous decision. It probably could have been a split. I think the second round, if you could have called it Silva, they were both looking really good in the second round, but uh, the first round performance and third round performances was with for Alex Pereira really sealed the deal on this. The guy definitely hits hard. I mean, you could see the power in these punches when it just his, when uh, Bruno's whole body would vibrate when, when, when contact was made. It was pretty crazy. Um, so we hit the second leg of the parlay. Now we're feeling really good, and this was the one that was uh, the minus 200. I think we had a minus 360 with Miranda Maverick, uh, minus 200 with Pereira, and then a minus 700 with Ankalev. All right, so we're, we're looking good. As long as Ankalev hits, that minus 700 seems really strong. We're walking out with some money this week, right? Um, up next, we got Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinney. Um, this fight didn't go past the first round. I uh, am so glad that I had some outside opinion on this one. They told me not to pull the trigger on this. Um, I would have been so upset if I had this put in my parlay because not only did uh, was I thinking McKenney was going to win, um, and he lost, clearly. Uh, McKenney almost won this fight. I mean, there was a moment where Drew Dober, you, I mean, another referee could have called the fight with the amount of contact McKenney was making to uh, Drew Dober's face while he was on the ground. Drew Dober somehow escapes, gets back to his feet, makes amazing contact with McKenney, and uh, is able to get on top and the ground and pound. McKenney can't defend himself. Referee stops the fight. Drew Dober wins by TKO. I mean, when I say Drew Dober was on the cusp of being knocked out, like, the dude must have been seeing Tweety Birds and Stars. Uh, Terrence McKenney is ferocious. This kid has gonna is going to have a great future. This loss should not deter him from anything. It should make him want to get out here and, and, and fight even harder after this because he had every opportunity to win this fight and just Drew Dober so fucking tough. The guy's a vet. McKenney's pretty fresh in this in this uh, in this division. Um, he also fought two weeks ago. So shout out to McKinney for taking this fight on short notice and uh, uh, and almost winning this fight. But like I said, Drew Dober's just so tough, so strong. Um, Drew Dober's coming off some tough losses against Islam Makachev, so uh, he he needed this fight to to get his support back. I was honestly worried if Drew Dober lost his fight to McKenney that he was going to get cut. Um, being on the losing streak that he was. So, damn, shout-out to, to Drew Dober and pulling up an absolute come-from-behind come win and uh, making it a, making a statement, too. I mean, it was it was fucking awesome. So, Drew, that was all you, bro. Um, Khalil Roundtree versus Carl Robertson. Uh, Khalil Roundtree made a statement against Carl Robertson in this light heavyweight clash. Round one saw both men throw heavy, heavy leather, uh, with Roundtree getting the better of the exchanges. In round two, Roundtree drops Robertson early and uh, swarmed his opponent with a series of devastating strikes and kicks to earn a TKO victory. Um, 
this is the first time, and they, they're going to talk about this all week in the MMA world, This how this kick was uh, strategic and, and very, very legal. So the rule is if you got an arm on the ground, uh, you can't kick, or if the opponent has an arm on the ground, you can't kick him in the head. Um, the head, though. <laughs> Khalil Roundtree, after putting a vicious exchange on Robertson and drops him, while Robertson's going to the ground or attempting to get up from the ground, Roundtree throws this vicious, vicious switch kick to the torso. Body kick while the guy's on the ground. And you could just see the pain in Robertson's face. And he, after that kick, it was over. I mean, he had to he had to protect his body. He kind of fetaled up. And Roundtree came in there uh, with a series of strikes after that and, and ended the fight. Um... Let's take a take a look at this this kick. Oh my God! Wow! Just you think Robertson's getting up, and he looks for a second. He is. Roundtree throws the kick. Robertson stands back up for like a split second, and Roundtree just throws as he gets up. Kick one, two, three, three punches after he gets back up after that kick, and the fight's over. I mean, absolutely dominant performance by Khalil Roundtree. He uh, had a very interesting post fight interview with uh, Felder. Uh, he basically told us how he used to be a giant, giant fat kid, uh, chubby wubby wumpkin when he was little. And now he wants to inspire people who are fat to get off their asses, get in shape. And he's kind of proof that you don't have to be fat. And dude, I'm, I'm not going to pretend uh, um, that like fat is beautiful. You know, I'm, I've never been on that train in my life. I think if you're obese, you have a health issue, and later down the road, that health issue is going to uh, inadvertently uh, shorten your life. Um, I am huge in physical fitness myself, uh, and and I want to see everyone be the best version of themselves possible. So this was a very inspiring post. All seriousness, this was a very inspiring uh, post-fight uh, statement from uh, Khalil Roundtree saying that, like, hey, if you're a little kid, and you're overweight, like, you can do something about it now, and you can become, uh, great, and, and, I mean, this dude is absolutely freaking shredded, so, uh, that's, that in itself is serious motivation for anyone that, that, that needs to get off the couch, and, uh, get in the gym, go hit a bag, go get on the treadmill, go lift some weights, do something 30 minutes a day, and, and you're gonna make changes, you know, and make some dietary changes, that's all you got to do. And this guy just wanted to promote that and say like, Hey, you don't have to have, you don't have to live in a world of self-loathing, you know? Um, that's one thing I, 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 I don't agree with is like to shame people to the point where they want to take their lives. Like you can, you can tell someone like, Hey man, you're unhealthy. You're gaining a lot of weight. Don't be a fat piece of shit and give them the support they need to change their life. You know, give them the support they need to make a difference, help them offer to take, go to the gym with them, offer to show them how to eat healthier. You know, my brother, uh, came back off of a elbow surgery recently from a bicycle accident he got in and he was very active before this bicycle accident. And, um, seeing him this weekend post-surgery and in rec recovery, he's kind of recessed a little bit in the sense that he's not eating great and he's not really exercising. So when he was in Jacksonville this weekend, I wasn't pressuring him or, or, uh, making fun of him in the sense that I was telling him like, Hey, you're, you're not living right. You're being disgusting. Do something about it. You know, I offered him solutions and I think that's what Khalil Roundtree was trying to, uh, show everyone, you know, like, Hey, this is what you can do. I'm an example of that. And that's what I did for my brother this weekend. I took him to some healthy places to eat. Uh, we went to the movies and instead of buying shitty popcorn or shitty, uh, uh, shitty snacks at the movie theater, we brought healthy snacks and, um, we, I think he, I think he's going to take away something from this weekend. Just like I think anyone who's overweight watching this Khalil Roundtree fight is going to do the same as well. Um, so damn my dog, Khalil Roundtree getting a nasty, nasty win and, uh, making something of a moment, a beautiful moment. Guy got emotional. So it was great. It was a really great moment for Khalil, uh, Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um, moving along to, uh, the next fight, Sadiq Youssef defeats Alice, uh, Alex Caracas. Um, Nigeria's Sadiq Youssef marked his return to the octagon with a convincing win against featherweight Alex uh, 
Caceres. Yusuf got the better of the grappling exchanges in round one before Caceres made a hopeful rear naked choke attempt late on. Uh, saved by the bell, round two starts, and both siders uh, exchanged heavy strikes with Yusuf landing successive leg kicks that uh, swept Caceres off his feet. In round three, uh, Yusuf landed the more potent strikes uh, in that round to come out with a unanimous decision win. Um, keep an eye on this guy, guys. Sadiq Youssef is is a absolute killer. Um, but you know what? I did like uh, Alex Caceres's afro, man. I mean, what an afro! These guys went the distance, and um, they they uh, what a great fight! I mean, back to back, back to back to back, brutal rounds for both of these guys. And uh, Super Sadiq wins with the uh, with the unanimous decision. All right, moving along to Song Yadong versus Marlon Moraes. Um, I saw something this weekend that said uh, with Greg Hardy retiring, they should have taken Marlon Moraes out too. Um, I don't think that's super fair to say. I think Marlon's a great fighter. I know he's, he's a bit of a vet, and uh, he, he might be on the latter half of his career. But this Song Yadong kid has got hands, all right? He has hands. They're fast. They're explosive. Um, Song Yadong has officially announced himself as a future title contender in this Bantamweight clash against Marlon Moraes. Uh, the Chinese man proved too fast and explosive for the former title challenger, Moraes, landing a blistering uppercut to earn a KO victory in round one. I mean, this uppercut, guys, was lights out. I mean, this... Oh, he throws... I'm watching the highlight as I'm on this with you guys. Um, Song Yudong throws a left, left jab, right hook, left jab, right hook, uppercut with the left, and then finishes with the nasty, brutal uppercut with the right. Um, Moraes goes down. He doesn't even need to go in for a cleanup punch. Uh, this fight is over. I mean, absolutely, absolutely done. Uh, amazing, amazing finish for... Um, Song Yadong. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Um, all right, so now we are on our main fight of the night. Uh, Magomed Ankalev versus Tiago Santos. Uh, this was the final um, final fight on our card. You know, final fight on the parlay. Final fight on the bet slip. This one's for all the mobbles. We needed this one to hedge. We needed this one to go up for the night. We needed this one to get out of the rut that we have been in. You know, we... Are, are my apers, you know, my little angry apes, I, they are probably so angry with me before this week. Um, I've just had people joking at me, saying they're going to start betting opposite of me because I don't hit. Uh, I, I needed this one bad. I needed this one really, really bad. And um, we got it, guys. We got it. Uh, the main event of the evening, surging lightweight prospect Magomed Ankalev took on Thiago Santos. A very cagey first round saw Ankalev get the better of a few striking exchanges between the duo. Uh, lots of setups in this fight where the guys are just balking each other back and forth, giving the feints, waiting for someone to strike first. Uh, both men remained very tentative in the second round also, before Santos dropped Ankalev late on, landing a furious strikes from on top. Uh, in round three, Ankalev pursued to pressure Santos uh, when both of them landing strikes, um, mostly sparringly, though. Um, so... I say Ankalev takes round one, Santos takes round two. Uh, going into the third round, um, stuff basically stays the same. Ankalev maybe takes the third round by a little bit. The action continued so much in the same vein in round four before Ankalev landed a takedown late on um, in the fourth round. So now we got one takedown, probably determines Ankalev taking the, the fourth round as well. So now he's up 3-1. Ankalev uh, continued Santos. Uh, continued controlling Santos against the fence uh, in the fifth round, uh, doing minimal damage, but enough to round out a unanimous decision victory. Um, for a guy that had so many knockouts, I wasn't super impressed by the performance of Ankalev. I actually saw a lot more explosiveness coming from uh, Tiago Santos. Um, I thought at any moment, if Tiago Santos made connection with some of these strikes that he was throwing, uh, Ankalev would have been dead. I mean, his head would have came up. There was a roundhouse kick that uh, a spinning, maybe a spinning back kick or a spinning roundhouse kick that Tiago Santos threw that was 
so devastatingly fast um, that went right over the head of Ankalev that I was like, dude, any other, if you didn't dodge that, you're, you're decapitated. The speed that came with that kick was ferocious. Um, so there were opportunities where Ankalev easily could have gotten knocked out. Um, for a guy that has so many knockouts, I was expecting a bit more physicality and brutality and power, but Ankalev did what he needed to do and got that unanimous decision win at the end. Um, we hit, guys. We fucking hit. We made money. We made the 75. Um, bet 60 to win 75 on the parlay. We paid the 25 back from the first bet. We go up 50 bucks for the night. We are officially making our way upwards and not falling anymore. You know, we're, we're crawling up. We're coming back up out of the ladder. There's light at the end of the tunnel, like I said earlier. Uh, this, feel, this felt really good, guys. I mean, I'm in... Uh, the new Batman. <laughs> I'm in the movie theater at the new Batman watching the trailers and the trailers are coming on before the movie starts. And I got my phone on the lowest brightness watching the end of this fight. And it took me like everything in my being not to start screaming and going nuts when they raised this guy's hand at the end. Cause I was just so happy. Um, this is the first big hit for the angry ape, not big as in the sense of, uh, monetarily, but just like big for substantial, um, direction changing, you know, for a, a, uh, for four weeks, we, we, we weren't hitting and it was demoralizing and, uh, spirit breaking. But my, my buddy Billy this weekend gave me some, uh, words of encouragement, told me all I needed to do is get one and the situation would change. And I have, I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling really good. And I feel like we do have an opportunity now to, uh, to keep this run going, you know, it's the beginning of a beautiful thing. Um, guys, this has been a great, great podcast. I'm glad I could recap this, these fights for you. I love you guys. Uh, everyone listens to me. This we're like 12 listens away from being able to monetize this podcast. Uh, I might have it to start changing up some, uh, equipment. We might be getting out of the truck soon. I think this weekend we're going to invest in some, uh, some podcast, uh, some podcasting equipment, a nice microphone setup. And, uh, I got a, a bit of a studio situation going on in my loft um, at the townhouse. So I'm very excited for the future of the Angry Ape, and I hope you guys are too. Um, this is your boy, Tommy Guntoni, signing off.